Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjassad, and with me, as always, like every other week, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting, also known as Ben Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Phoning it in for the human listeners. <laughs> what do you mean phoning it in? We're doing a great job right here. <laughs> ben and I, as I mentioned before, are a pair of automotive journalists. You can find our content all over the internet. Well, my content is in one very specific corner of the internet. That's autoguide.com as well as its YouTube channel. Ben, we can find your stuff everywhere. Uh, I really I'm, – I'm struggling to come up with a bunch of publication names. Could you help me out here with I at least w- 25? Let's just go with – right now, uh, the current issue of Super Street just hit newsstands across the country. So go uh, look for my feature on a very cool rotary Mazda. That's the only teaser you're going to tell me about this rotary Mazda story? Yeah, pick up the magazine, bro. Oh, my goodness. I will. I love I love print publications. Um, uh, did, you, did you say that out of some kind of weird contractual obligation? <laughs> yeah. I love – Print publications, and I enjoy reading print publications whenever I can. <laughs> um, ben and I are going to talk to you about some cars this week, some new cars that we've driven. We're going to uh, ADR all of Sammy's dialogue <laughs> for the entire podcast and insert weird plugs for everyday <laughs> objects. <laughs> uh, glass. I love it for drinking out of. When I'm sitting um, on my human chair. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about it. This week I drove – actually, I was in Korea a couple of weeks ago driving the brand new Hyundai Sonata. I also drove a brand new Kia Soul EV and this is very important because it's coming to our market in a number of different ways. Wait, how many ways can it possibly come to our market? Hit me. Two. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Um, In – the United States, you're going to get a long-range version of the vehicle, which has a 60 – I had the number in front of me, and now I've lost it because that's oh. just the way I loved it. 64-kilowatt-hour battery, which will allow 243 miles of range. But in Canada, not only will the Canadians get that 64-kilowatt-hour battery, they'll also get a 39.2-kilowatt-hour battery, which offers 154 miles. And for my Canadians out there, that's 276 kilometers Wait a minute, of wait a minute. So I can get one with a useful amount of range and one with a useless amount of range? Is that what oh, you're saying? Well, yeah, I suppose. I so mean, what, hit I, me with their, I wasn't paying attention. What's the high one again? In miles or yes. battery or kilowatt hours? Battery. In miles. Because I'm not a robot, Sammy. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who found that funny. So give, give it to me in miles. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to compose myself. The 64 kilowatt hour battery uh, Kia Soul EV features 243 miles of range. Okay, why would I want something with 90 fewer miles of range? Uh, maybe you don't need it. Okay. <laughs> I imagine that the smaller battery one's going to be more affordable, Ben. Look, I don't <laughs> need the back. Look, look. I, here's some real talk. I don't need the back seats in any of my cars. In fact, one of my cars doesn't have a back seat. What does that I have can't... to do with the battery? Let me finish. Are you going to oh, let okay. me finish? <laughs> so it means that when I go to a dealership, I'm not like, hey, if you take that back seat out, can I get a discount? <laughs> It doesn't work like that because the back seat's already in the car. If there, it's already a really good version with a really good battery with huge range, why would I be like, mm, you know what? I don't really drive all that much. <laughs> why would I want P- 
peace of mind. Like it just seems strange to not. I mean, to be to be honest, both of the ranges on this. I mean, obviously, the sixty-four kilowatt hour version of this thing is significantly more than the outgoing Soul EV. But that thirty-nine kilowatt hour battery uh, is much more. Is 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 nine kilowatt hours more than the outgoing? Stop um, saying kilowatt hours. (laughs) (laughs) Is what do you want me to say? I don't know. Is is way more than the outgoing Soul EV, which featured a 30 uh, kilowatt hour battery. There goes again. Um, so you're going to get more range than the outgoing one. You're also getting that really good style of the Soul EV uh, and the, the, the current Soul ICE, I suppose you're going to call it, the, the gas-powered Soul. Additionally, that motor that it has, that electric motor that it has, has a ton of pep. It's got like... 201 horsepower and 250 pounds feet of torque, which I believe is both better than the turbocharged version of the um, the gasoline-powered Soul. I really like the idea of this 240-mile-range Soul EV. That sounds amazing. That sounds like someone went in my brain and was like, hmm, what's the ideal electric vehicle according to Benjamin? And then they just pulled the EV out, the Soul EV out of it, and they're like, all right, let's build it. I mean, it, it's practical. It looks good. It's got useful range. Uh, what, what's the downside of this vehicle? Okay, so I don't know yet the 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 pricing of it yet. Uh, that's yet to be established. Additionally, uh, charging might take a while. Now, they've got a brand new charging system for it. It's um, It's called a... Oh, I've got it. I had a number for it. I had an acronym for it. But it uses both AC and DC charges. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, AC, DC charging. That sounds like a lawsuit. <laughs> um, and you can get this thing charged up in about um, 54 minutes, depending on if you can find one of these special DC chargers in a public charging station. So you say it's a brand new charging. It's not like proprietary to Kia, is it? No, it's not. Okay. And... There's also, uh, if you have a, a home station, uh, a charger at home, you can plug it in there and you'll get a, fully ch- a full charge in about uh, nine hours, maybe. Okay, I'm into that. I mean, that's not super, that's not terrible because you said okay, well, 240 volts, you said? Yeah. So that that's overnight, right? Yeah. Okay, that's not so bad. If you do not have a charging station at home, to fully charge your long-range Soul EV... It will take you 63 hours. <laughs> Wait, what now? <laughs> yeah, fix three. So, so that's a time. <laughs> There's no, you, like, what could you do? You're, that's your entire weekend done. Yeah, just, that's like, exp- <laughs> that's a length of time that's more accurately expressed in days. <laughs> you know? Um, I can't wait till we have, like, uh, 600 mile which I guess you would just insist on talking about 500 kilowatt hour batteries, but like a 600 mile battery. And then we're like, so it will take you 2000 hours to charge. (laughs) Like it's just, you know, we're at the point where I think right now, EV batteries are just passing from like the watch battery phase to like the big nine volt battery that powered those old school flashlight phases. And, Mm. and it's about to move into the, um, uh, just outside the realm of I can conceive of this battery in a physical sense, and it's just going to be so, so huge. Yeah, I and, hope so. I mean, it, seems be like the, it also seems like batteries are where we need them to. We're getting a lot of range out of these batteries. It's the charging that's the biggest um, problem, and the horrible and human char- rights abuses associated with the exotic metals inside of them. Uh huh. Really? Yeah. All that mining—it's pretty bad, man. Oh yes, I did. I remember that. 
I they didn't obviously Kia didn't mention that to us during their presentation. No, they didn't have a slide of misery. <laughs> no, they didn't. All right. Um, there's a bunch of drive modes on this car, and there's also four different um, re- regen modes. Um, do you know what that means by what, when I say regen? Regenerative braking. Yeah, I, I've heard the term used maybe once or twice. Uh, okay, good. So basically, when you let off the throttle, the car will apply regenerative braking and will slow down the car. Uh, and you have four different uh, settings of how fast it'll recharge. Uh, I mean, apply that regenerative force. So, which is the sixty? They, which one's the sixty-three hour setting? <laughs> no, sixty-three hours of braking. <laughs> You're just crawling down a hill. Your foot is so sore, but you can't stop because you need a hundred percent. Um, they say with that fourth, that highest level, it's like one pedal. Um, driving that you'd see in like the Soul or maybe the Tesla Model 3 and it's close it's not it's not right there but I do enjoy driving with that level 3 system it feels really sporty it feels like a car that's um, at a high gear or a low gear sorry um, and you will have a lot of fun driving this thing because that instant nature of uh, an electric motor that in- instant nature of the torque in an electric motor is is addicting it really does feel good um, there's also so EVs are by nature much quieter. You'll you'll hear a lot of tire noise and maybe a bit of wind noise because the Soul EV is a fairly upright vehicle. But Kia and Hyundai, for that matter, have this really unique chime that plays at low speeds, and it's I, a very weird whimsical noise that occurs. It's I heard like, it's super la, weird. La, like, la, like, it sounds like like chi- children singing. Is that what you're saying? It sounds like. Um, it sounds like an orchestra during a Tinkerbell uh, moment in, in Peter Pan. Does okay. that make sense? Um, I, that's a very specific fantasy that you seem to have. I yeah. don't know that I can relate to it, but I'm, for the purposes of conversation, yes, I can understand. Let's say it's a bit more like, uh, like wind chimes and then some. Oh, so, okay. I had this conversation with someone the other day. This is going to be a bit of a tangent. Wind chimes. What's your take on wind chimes? Have you lived... Like let's say in a in a in an isolated cottage, would you have metal wind chimes on your porch? Uh, I've, uh, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. You know why? Because when I hear wind chimes, I think child murder. I feel like someone's gonna come and because kill it's me. Always, it's always, always wind chimes in in the movies. It's 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 always this chaotic sound. <laughs> the last thing that your brain hears before your head hits the floor because it's been severed from your neck. Right, and that is far more um, PG than whatever you said before we cut it. Um, and so, t- what I'm saying is, is this what Kia wants for the Soul EV? Like, I don't, I don't want to be transported to a horror show of my own imagining every time I hit the accelerator. I don't really know. I'll have to, I'll have to follow up with them and be like, what inspired the wind chime um, death? March like, that why not? you it, it almost seems like it would be easier to have like you push the accelerator and it sings that Freddy song from Nightmare on Elm Street where it's like <laughs> one two Freddy's coming for you like that's equally <laughs> creepy in my opinion um let's talk let's get back to the Kia Soul and some of its uh, more interesting features one of the important parts about an electric vehicle is how it adjusts to cold weather conditions okay I think you've experienced this a lot on the podcast that when you get in, a, in an EV in the cold, 
it uh, it really impacts the range. Yeah, right? well, I mean, it's it impacts the range of a gasoline vehicle too, like as much as thirty percent in some cases. But you don't notice it as much in a gas vehicle because you can just go get more gas. I mean, you will notice your car uses more fuel over the course of a winter, but like episodically on each drive, it's not because you don't have a range meter that you're obsessively looking at. But on an electric car, it's a much bigger deal because it's in your face. The the Soul EV has a couple of uh, I, I they're a bit it's a bit over my head, but they have a couple of ways that help heat up or use or, or recover wasted heat um, from the coolant system. Okay, that's cool. To to help um, keep the battery warmer and and not get impact, uh, impacted as much as uh, other EVs. And in fact, at this event, we had somebody from a Nordic country. I think it was Finland who said that. We in live ex- in a Nordic country. You realize that. Canada is a Nordic country. Well, I, I don't have much experience with EVs because I have no place to charge them at my uh, place of residence. So uh, this guy said that um, th- through their testing, they maintained a pretty high standard of, um, of battery charge and, and drivability in minus 40 degrees Celsius weather, which I think is pretty impressive. Mm. And that that's something that we should be happy for as people who live, yeah, as you said, in Canada in the north. Yeah, that is definitely very cool. The Soul EV also gets an updated rear suspension system. I know we've been talking a lot about rear suspension, especially when we were talking about the Mazda 3. But this now has a multi-link rear suspension setup, and this is specific to the Soul EV. The non-EV version of the car, the internal combustion engine version of the car, has a torsion beam suspension. So... Theoretically, you should have a better ride, but well, I imagine it probably has to do with managing the extra load associated with the Yeah, I would think battery. so, the, the weight of the battery and whatnot. Additionally, it's about, I think, 5 millimeters taller than the other 5 or 15 millimeters. I, I, I had a number. Let me try to find it for Is you. Is there a reason for that? I don't know. No, there was no given they reason. They were just like, it's taller. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, give me a second. But it is – can I just get back to the styling? You can talk about whatever you want. It is, it is 50% your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the styling of the Soul is fantastic. Interior and exterior, it's very nice. Um, Does the EV add any extra bits? Because I know the previous generation Soul EV, it, it looked fairly different. I mean you had different colors, different wheels. It had the, the charge point was in the grill, which was sealed up compared to the regular one. Uh, is it like that? It's – I don't think there's that much of a difference in terms of uh, the, 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 the appeal of the EV and the gas motor. It has just that ch- a smaller grill, essentially, and a charge port in the front um, bumper, and that's about it. It doesn't really flash the fact that it's electric? No. And I don't know. I think I'm okay with that. I mean, the Soul is quirky enough as it is. It yeah, I agree. Out, I agree with you. And I don't think you need to make it even further um, stand out. But I also it, like the interior of this thing as well. You mentioned this when you had the gas motor or gas model of this. It's a funky interior. It really does get the job done. It makes you feel like you're in something that's very different than um, a more mainstream model uh, on the road. Yeah, it's 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 a well-executed vehicle overall. And I think, you know, the fact that this is the second generation of the electric Soul, they don't have to be as out there with it because they don't have – they're not introducing anyone to the idea of this vehicle anymore. They're like, okay, we, we accept the fact there's an electric Soul and it's a little more mature looking now. We don't have to be in your face. Mm-hmm. And to be uh, – okay, let's get to this though. As I mentioned, it's actually five millimeters taller than the, than the other version of the car, the, the gas version of the car. I have no idea why. Um, it's very good to drive. Unnamed Automotive Podcast. Hashtag, we have no idea why. (laughs) 
Uh, it's very good to drive. It the the chassis is actually really nice. The steering is really solid. Um, it's a little soft, but I think that also has a lot to do in Korea. There's a lot of speed bumps, and this might be these might have been Korean. Actually, there weren't. There were there were US spec vehicles. So well, it's, you know, it's also riding on. I'm assuming very low rolling resistance tires, right? It is very low rolling resistance. So tires. they're they're not going to give you the best handling in any case. Right. So I did notice that they were soft, and and but the car does chirp its front wheels if you put your, if you lay into it pretty quickly. I think that's just the nature of that instant torque being available in electric cars. I like this thing a lot, but the question is, would you get this over the Kona EV, the Hyundai Kona EV, which is almost identical in terms of technology? Yeah, I would definitely get it over the Kona because I think the sole looks a lot better, and if I'm not mistaken, it's larger inside. I think they're very close, and I agree with you. The sole looks far far more cooler. It just looks better, and I think you're right. It just seems more practical to use um, than, the, than the Kona. Like The Kona is not an unattractive vehicle. I, I like it and how it looks. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of uh, it, it's it's not as it's not as individual looking as the Soul is. The Soul is kind of an iconic design, and the Kona kind of looks like many other crossovers of its size. Right, I agree with you. Uh, I one hundred percent agree with you. I really did enjoy the the Soul EV. I can't wait to see what the um, availability and pricing of it will be. And there's something else that we should probably discuss: incentives. In some places, we're losing incentives in Canada, which I think is a very bizarre situation. Well, they're, they're or, losing them in the States as well because in the U.S., incentives are based on a credit program that's attached to how many vehicles the manufacturer has sold. So if they use up all of their credits, they can no longer qualify for the incentive. I don't think that Kia is at risk of losing that credit just yet, but it'll eventually happen, right? And, yeah, I mean, eventually and, we'll live in a world where EVs have been normalized and don't require these types of incentives. Do you think that's going to happen? Hyundai yes. spent, spent a lot of time talking to us about the the future um, of transportation, and they suggest that that hydrogen is is for sure the the future that they're going for. I don't think so. I think hydrogen is a fantasy because at this point, um, there's no infrastructure, whereas there's a national electrical infrastructure. And we, we talk about how hard it is to find a charging station. At the very least, if you want to build a charging station, you can plug it into the electrical grid. You right. can, there is no hydrogen grid. It just does not exist. The second issue is that producing hydrogen at all, let alone hydrogen fuel, is a process that requires more energy than it actually that you actually get at the end. So mm-hmm. you're using more energy to create a fuel that stores less energy, which is a losing game all around. So until that's been figured out on an industrial scale, that's also a problem. Um, but just, I mean, right now, the access to hydrogen fueling stations is almost non-existent. Gotcha. Uh, I agree with you. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, I think I drank too much of the, the hydrogen Kool-Aid that... Um, that Hyundai was putting out. It seems like it's a bigger picture for more than just like uh, passenger vehicles. Um, maybe boats and other forms of transportation could rely on hydrogen in a way as well. Well, you know, hydrogen is the fuel of the future, and it always will be. <laughs> okay, it's like the VR of the fuel world. <laughs> hey, I I use VR. Yeah, no one wants to hear about what you use VR for. That's true. Tell me what you've been driving recently. Well, I drove something that's not nearly as uh, futuristic, but is still pretty important for the car company that makes it, I think. And that's the Nissan Kicks, uh, which okay. is the, the Kicks is the so it's a it's a subcompact, Sammy. Is that how you would describe it? It, it is definitely a small crossover. So it, it, we're in this world now. We talked recently about the X2 and how the X2 is basically just a cross. It's not really a crossover. It's a hatchback, a hot hatch. It's a little jacked up. 
the kicks is is like the Toyota CHR. It's it's a hatchback that's been given a little more ride height. It doesn't have all wheel drive. It's just to make you feel like you're not buying a hatchback and you're actually buying an SUV. So it's a styling exercise. But the in this case, it's one that also happens to be very practical and uh, pretty good looking. I think so. It's it's nice to have these kinds of. It, it's almost like we're entering a world again where people are putting effort into making cool hatchbacks. <laughs> And that's kind of how I looked at the kicks during my week, my, my, my few days driving it, actually. I really like the kicks, but I agree with you. I don't even know. I think the CHR is actually a little bit bigger than it. It seems yeah, like, I think so. like Nissan has a crossover for any white space it had left over. It was just like, do you need something this big? We got it. We well, need something got, a little bit bigger than that? We got it. We it got reminds it. me of like a CX-3 if a CX-3 had a decent back seat. <laughs> because the Mazda CX-3 is quite small behind the front the front two positions. It's it's not at all something you would want to haul adults around in. The kicks, not that bad. So I want to talk about the kicks because when I drove the kicks, it was a delightful car. It was a car that made me just smile and enjoy my time with it. And I was wondering if you had the same experience for however many miles you put on it. So so it has a 1.6-liter four-cylinder, and you get about 125 horsepower. As it you sounds get about, like nothing. You, it you sounds get, like zero. You get exactly 125 horsepower. But, yeah. uh, Sammy, what is it that we revealed on the podcast a long time ago about just how little this vehicle weighs? It's like 3,000 pounds, maybe less than 3,000 pounds. I thought it was closer to a Miata in terms of weight. Like, yes, it's like under 27. Yeah, yeah, it's like 25, 2,600 pounds. So... First of all, wow. <laughs> yeah. I I am all for light vehicles. Second, it has cool styling. It has a color contrasting roof. I think mine was silver with an orange roof. You can get yeah. black red with a black roof. It looks good. I mean, this is an inexpensive vehicle that has had some effort put into it. And I appreciate that because there's no reason not to. Um, inside, the version I was driving had had a lot of piano black on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. It had also had 8,000 miles on the odometer. That's fairly high for a press car. The reason I'm mentioning that is because I saw a lot of scratches, uh, just wear on the on the dash that kind of indicates the price point of the vehicle. Like it looks good when you buy it inside, things are going to wear out a little faster, which is a little disappointing because it's a nicely styled interior as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's practical. You can carry stuff around in it. It's it's really it's perfect for just driving around the city. I mean. It's it, sorry. I just looked at the curb weight. Twenty six fifty. That's two thousand six hundred fifty pounds. That is amazing. Uh, it has a CVT continuously variable transmission. It's not as much of a hassle as you'd think it was. It's pretty well matched with the one point six. I found it very peppy off the line. Like I was never like, oh, I wish this had another twenty horsepower. You know? Right. I agree, I agree with you. The for for whatever reason, it's got to be that lightweight and that CVT that knows how to use that little engine. The car was a blast to drive, but. I think the Achilles heel of the of the kicks is just the quality of some of the pieces that they use in it. As you mentioned, scratches, a lot of scratches. You'll probably heard some creaks and and, uh, and rattles. I know I did, and I had one that had fewer miles than than yours did. So I think you know it's it's meant it's a car that's built for a price, and it's a pretty affordable car too. Yeah, but I mean, it's a car that's built for a price that's not cynical about it. Right. And I appreciate that because some luxury brands especially have gotten have had some cynical moments where they're like, here's the badge at a price you can afford. Whereas Nissan was like, you know what? You're, you're on a budget. You need to be able to do everything with one car. 
So here's a small car that has good cargo, good passenger, reasonable gas, and it looks nice too. And it's not going to cost you a lot of money. And yeah, maybe the materials aren't as high quality as they could be, but you can afford it. And I think that that's a really refreshing way to approach this part of the market. I really do enjoy this. I would would encourage people who are looking – young people who are looking for their first car to take a look at the kicks if they don't want to go in the used car route because I think it's – it's a joy. It's, it does fit a lot of people's lifestyles. The real question I have, see, here in Canada, we have something called uh, the Micra, which is a very affordable small car. I think it shares a lot with the Kicks. Uh, I think the pre- Micra is fairly sm- is smaller than the Kicks. Would you recommend people buy a Micra or spend about 50% more and get a kicks. That's I think a they're really two, weird question. I think they're because, totally different customers. I think the Micra is more for people who just need a commuter car. They mm-hmm. need to be able to get around town on a regular basis. Maybe they work somewhere where public transit isn't that accessible, like on the outskirts of a city, uh, and they want to save fuel. So I think that's what the Micra is aimed for. But I think the kicks is more of a do-everything uh, car that is going to – it's got a lot more interior room. I like the Micra. I think it's fun to drive. But I think it's a step below the kicks in terms of everything else. I also appreciate how much space the kicks has. I think when you fold down the rear seats, you've got uh, more than 50 cubic feet of storage. Yeah, so that's the same is, as you would have in the Kia Soul. So that's, that's impressive. awesome. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I, don't, I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's the Kia Soul or sorry. I, I, the number might be accurate for the Soul, but that's, that's, that's the same as the Evoke. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. That we were talking about last week. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so the other thing, though, that I want to stress is um, this is a hatchback. So when you're shopping for, let's say you want to you test drive a Kicks and you're like, mm, I'm not sure. I want to try something else. You want to look at stuff like the Elantra hatchback from Hyundai. You yeah. want to look at the Volkswagen Golf. Um, any type of hatchback in that price range is going to be very similar in ter- terms of how it performs to the kick. So don't think that this is an uh. SUV and you have to drive another SUV. You could also get a, a hatchback. They'll be lower to the ground. They'll be more interesting to drive. And you might be able to get a manual transmission if that's something that's important to you. Let's talk a little bit, though. You said it might be similar in, in the way that it performs. Do you think a Golf is as fun to drive and as peppy to feel, uh, peppy as in terms of feeling as the Kicks was? I think a Golf is more fun to drive than a Kicks. That's interesting. I don't know what it was about this Kicks, but it was a lot of fun to drive. I I'm felt not, like I'm not putting down the Kicks by saying that. I'm not saying. The I mean, kicks, the Golf is a fantastic driving. I'm not car. saying the Kicks That's sucks. I'm just true. saying like there there are levels. That's all. right. Um, and there was one more thing I, I wanted to bring up, and it was the technology in this car. Surprisingly not bad for uh, a car of its price tag. Yeah, you like, get blind spot monitoring, you got CarPlay, Android Auto if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's it's, – so it's not like a bare-bones vehicle. And if you got one with that like upgraded sound system, that's an interesting little addition to the – to the car as well. Now, there's one thing. If there's one thing I don't like about the Kicks, it's that it replaced the Juke. <laughs> Did it officially kill the Juke? Not yet. But I- I've heard there's a new ju- Juke coming. But they're roughly the same size. I mean, the Kicks is more practical. The Juke was somewhat smaller. It, not necessarily smaller inside, but the way that the cargo de- cargo compartment was um, designed, it wasn't as accepting of larger objects, let's say. Uh, so uh, the Juke is a personal favorite of mine because it was a super weird car that was fun and right. just unusual. And the Kicks is not unusual at all. It's, it's just good. So mm. it doesn't replace the quirkiness in my heart. Some people might be worried about a car that's this cheap in terms of their safety well, how, how rating. How cheap is it, Sammy? 
I believe the most you can spend on one of these is seventeen thousand dollars. No, it actually starts at nineteen thousand five eighty five. What? Am I yes. really that off? You are really that off. I thought it was much cheaper than you're talking about the kicks. I'm talking about the the car we are discussing right now. I don't believe you. It's that expensive. It used to Wait, be cheaper. You, when when did it used to be cheaper? Tell tell us about the the Back old in days, the day, Sammy. Wow, when... it was. It's so expensive now. <laughs> What I is think this. No, it's not so expensive now. It has always been this price. No, it was close to seventeen grand, one hundred percent. When when did it come out? Uh, this I mean, year, right? Twenty nineteen. Last year. Okay, because the starting MSRP is nineteen is eighteen thousand five forty. Yeah, before, before delivery. And you wow. add delivery and stuff, so you're at about nineteen something. Am I really this out of touch, Ben? Yes, I mean that's clear, regardless of what we're talking about, but um. It's uh, another interesting thing is I'm seeing some uh, some say that it has 125 horsepower and Nissan Sites says it has 122 horsepower. So I don't know which one's correct. Yeah, here I have the when it first launched, the base vehicle was 17,990. Okay, when was that? In tw- 2018, October 17, 2018. Okay, so so something happened in the course of a year, and they had to I add guess like they added some technology. Seven hundred bucks, <laughs> um, and that's blowing Sammy away right now. Seven hundred dollars <laughs> is that's the fine line. <laughs> yes, you can't blame me for that. Now, some people might think that a car this small and this, um, I guess, cheap might not be cheap. Safe. Asterisk. <laughs> Might not be safe. It might not be featuring all of the safety features. But the IIHS still rate, rates this as a top safety pick. Um, and not a top safety pick plus, which is the highest rating. It just has a notch below that. And I think that's pretty impressive considering, um, you know, some maybe some of the corners. People, the perceived cut corners. Well, that, and the other thing, too, is that, to get that plus pick, I think you have to have a certain number of active safety systems. And I think that's yeah. the only reason why you don't have it on the... Uh, I believe this car has a forward collision warning system. I I also saw that it was do, it was docked for uh, its headlights for some reason. Well, you know what's interesting? Speaking of headlights, so we were talking about pricing just before. Eighteen five forty is the base. Then the next step up is the SV. That's twenty thousand two hundred and fifty dollars, which is not a big jump. But you get uh, you get seventeen inch alloy rims. You get the Apple. That's when you start to get CarPlay and Android Auto. But check this out: if you get the top tier version of the Kicks, is the SR. It's twenty thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars. Oh, it's not much more. At <laughs> no, all. it's like it's like six hundred and twenty bucks more, and you get LED lights and LED like LED headlights and um, running lights mm. and a spoiler and stuff and like extra cameras and and nicer seats. It feels like a real like why would anyone buy the That's SUV? A good yeah, like why would you buy the mid? If you're gonna buy it, don't buy the mid range. Buy the top tier or the bottom tier. That's just that's where the value is for this. That's vehicle. Ben's buying advice. I like that. That's, yeah, that's cool. going to be a new segment on the show. It's Ben's buying advice. And every week I tell you to buy the top tier kicks. <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> Or the entire, bottom tier. The entire segment. <laughs> I like that. Um, a, a very encouraging vehicle. I think it's, it's nice because, you know, a lot of the time people tell us, you know, we're driving nothing but the most expensive vehicles on the road. Um, the kicks is... The Kicks is much cheaper than many of the other cars that we've driven. And we and, still like it. And we still like it. it there, there's a resounding endorsement, I think, for the Kicks. And I think people um, should take a closer look at what this vehicle offers for the yeah, price. for sure. And you know what? I have a CHR coming up soon. I haven't gotten behind the wheel of that. I know you have, Sammy, so we'll have something mm-hmm. to talk about. But I'm very curious. As you said, it's a slightly different market position, but similar idea as the Kicks. 
Absolutely. I think you'll find that the kicks had more personality on the road than the, the CHR. But we'll see. We'll, I can't wait to compare notes with you anyways. So, Sammy, I, what are we going to be talking about next week? Uh, next week, I will be going to the New York Auto Show. Okay. And I'll be reporting back from there all the cool things that um, I'll be seeing there. That is super exciting. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Cadillac XT4, which is a compact. It's kind of like the entry-level SUV from the that luxury brand. And it's been a long time coming, and I have a lot of complicated feelings about it. Wonderful. Okay, I can't wait to hear more about it because, uh, well... Like you said, you have, you have a lot of feelings for it. That's what I'm looking forward to. I have so many feelings. I don't even go here. <laughs> if, you, if you want to go here, here being our website, you can go to our website, unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. Dot com. Um, and when you're there, you can see a list of all of our past episodes as well as links to the episodes. Um, there's photos and links to the articles that have to do with those cars that we talked about. Additionally... You can press on some of the buttons on the top of the website. Go push them all. Just push some. Just some of them. And you'll, you'll be able to subscribe to our podcast using your favorite podcast client. We've got Spotify up there. We've got Google Play Music. We've got uh, an Apple client. I think it's either Apple iTunes or Apple Podcast. It's both. Everything Apple. Everything Everything is there. So you can click on all those buttons and you will be subscribed to the podcast. You'll see as soon as I talk about uh, – as soon as I'm ready to talk about the New York Auto Show, you'll get that podcast in your – whatever it is. Your, 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 your device, Sammy. It's a device. Yes. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that on the podcast webpage as well. There's a feedback button. You can click that and then write your thoughts and then we get them and we appreciate reading every single one of them. If you want to reach out to us on social media, you can do that too. Uh, there's a Facebook page, Unnamed Automotive Podcast on Facebook. But more often, you'll find Sammy on Twitter because he is a glutton for punishment. You can find him at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing. And I prefer the nicer confines of Instagram where I am at Hunting Benjamin. Or you could email me if you're listening to this in 2002 and you feel like reaching out that way it's benjamin at benjaminhunting.com i am right there in the past nostalgically with you so thank you again for listening and i can't wait to talk to you next week ben all right bye-bye everybody bye